Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am excited for this one. This is sincerely one of my favorite, favorite, favorite topics to discuss, maximizing your results around your working day, your very busy working day, I'm sure. And I mean, it. this is one of my very favorite things to, to discuss. I can't liken it to anything other than an amazing problem that you get to solve. And the gift of solving that problem or optimizing that problem is that you get to run a seamless, happy, carefree and enjoyable day. And to me, that's one of the best gifts that you can possibly have. So learning how to make the most of your day, learning how to set yourself up for a great day and learning how to show up really well throughout the working day, I think is, is really important because ultimately, and we'll talk about this right at the end, but enjoying what you do and having a great sense of satisfaction and you know leaving work and being like do you know what I really enjoyed that today that is one of the absolute musts for me as part of a healthy and balanced lifestyle so today I want to talk about maximizing results and I'm talking specifically to I'm going to keep coming back to in this episode references to office work. So someone who has a conventional kind of nine to five office job, which is that even a thing anymore? I'm sure the nine to five isn't. You're either eight till whatever time you have to you have to work till. But I am talking specifically within that context, but this will apply to you and these principles will be relevant whether you are a shift worker, whether you're self-employed, so you've potentially got a little bit more control over, over your own day, or whether you are working in the office versus working from home. The principles are really transient, they're really transferable. So take on board what I'm what I'm talking about here and apply it within your context if you need to. As ever, if you've got any questions as we as we go, note them down and shoot them over to me in a message at the end. I really do love to get your, your feedback. The best place to reach me is generally Instagram at coaching.with.caroline or caroline at coachingwithcaroline.co.uk is the best place to reach me. So let's talk about maximizing the working day. And I'm going to break this down into kind of chronological segments. So talking about before your working day, midday kind of lunch hour, though again, is that even a thing? What to do during the day and how to actually close close your day successfully too. And actually, we're going to finish on how this relates to fat loss. I promise you, I promise you it does, but how this relates to fat loss and working towards your body composition goals. Okay, so before your working day, what is the, what's the best way to approach approach things? I'm not actually going to harp on, I was going to say, I'm not going to go on about the morning routine. I am, <laughs> but give me a minute. Um, the main goal for me when it comes to setting you up for the working day is thinking about the exact way that you want to sit down at your desk before you start working. How do you want to start your day? The goal for me is that you should arrive in the office, hypothetically, relaxed, composed, focused, and super, super clear on what you would like to complete within the next couple of hours, the next day. The goal is to arrive at work, ready to go. We want you to be as relaxed as possible because for me, the best work that I ever, ever produce is when I'm in a state of composure, when I'm relaxed, I'm more creative. When I'm relaxed, I make 
more rational decisions. When I'm relaxed, I enjoy the day. So when it comes to arriving, you're probably thinking, wait, how do I arrive at my desk? It doesn't really feel like that. Okay, well, then the next couple of minutes are for you. So I will go into the morning routine here. How much time are you actually giving yourself to get ready in the morning? Are you giving yourself enough time to get up? Are you focused? Are you someone who hits the snooze button 10 times before you get up? Or do you jump out of bed and you're ready to go? Maybe it takes a coffee or two, but after that you are ready to go. Do you give yourself enough time in the morning to actually settle into, into the day? The morning routine, I've said this before 101 times, for me it really does, the, the opportunity in the day starts here. For me, I would try not to snooze. I'd find a way of waking yourself up in the morning that works well for you, whether that's having you know an old fashioned alarm clock, whether it's waking up to music, whether it's waking up to, to light. As the dark winter months come in, you might consider using something like a, a loomy light, which break, wakes you up gradually as if it was uh, as if it was sunrise. Or you might consider using something that's uh, a little gentler. I have an app that opens wakens you up gently over the span of of the morning rather than that really harsh apple noise that just drills through your soul doesn't it and one of the things I do is to pop the the alarm on the other side of the room so it's a case of actually actually getting up once you're up how can you make the morning as easy as absolutely possible can you organize things in advance can the coffee cup be laid out on the counter next to the next to the coffee can the clothes be laid out can the gym bag be packed how can we minimize the decision making that you need to have in the morning if that is the goal you basically you want to limit the number of decisions that you need to make in the morning because you want to be making those at work don't you think about it if you only had say you were only allowed to make 100 decisions in a day where would those 100 decisions best be spent probably at work, right? I'd hope you'd say work. Um, not in the morning when you're choosing what to wear or how to wear your hair or whether to have two cups of coffee or three. All of those things, it doesn't need to be decided then. How much of the morning can you actually plan in advance and have that decision-making done ahead of time? Now, busy family life, I understand, can be more difficult, more challenging to plan around. But again, the principle is the same. So if it's a case of juggling kids in the morning, another half, do you potentially need to be up 10 to 15 minutes earlier than them to actually be ahead of the game, so to speak? Are there aspects of their morning that need to be organized the night before and be set up for success? I think it's all about looking at, right, how is my morning going? How smoothly is it going at the moment? And if not, how can I streamline that a little bit to make it easier on me? Remember, this is all, the design of this is all with the intention of making your morning easier so that you can steamroll through it and you don't need to think too much. The next is the commute. And the commute has always been labeled as this, you know, this, this negative, hasn't it? As this, as this waste of time. For me, I would look at it as an opportunity to pause. Yeah, particularly around busy family life, maybe it's absolutely manic getting the kids to school for breakfast club or to make sure that they're there for nine then you have to have your commute. Well, maybe that's your opportunity to pause and actually take stock of what's going on. Maybe you drive. So for me at the moment, I don't actually listen to the radio or anything like that when I drive anymore. It's just noise. 
in my in my mind. It's just noise. I tend to use that opportunity to, you know, make to-do lists for the upcoming day. Sometimes I leave myself voice notes for things that I want to, to get done or ideas that I'm having that I want to address later. Maybe I'll listen to something that's going to inspire me. Maybe it's already downloaded in the in the podcast list. So it's literally just a, a hit and go situation. Um, it might be something that's motivational to set me up for the day, but equally it might be something that's got nothing to do with work or, or fat loss or any of the topics that we that we spend a lot of time talking about. And it's actually just a chance to have a little bit of escapism for 10 to 15 minutes before getting into that working scenario. Whatever that is, find a way to maximize your, your commute so that it's working for you. If you are on a train, for example, can you use that time on the train to set up your to-do list for, for the day? I would strongly suggest you don't make yourself available to, to work or team members at this time. My general rule is that I only make myself available with things like email messaging when I know I can actually take action on the things that are in those messages. So I always think it's more anxiety inducing to actually read a long list of things and then you can't actually do anything about it. You read all the all the problems and all the fires that, that are going on, but you can't actually do anything about it till you get to the office. I would use this time to set yourself up keeping your phone on airplane play mode, whatever that may be, not logging into, into email, et cetera. Wait until you're in a position to actually do something about the, the situations before you actually before you actually go into them. And um, if you are working from home, and this is something that I do in nature, and I definitely used to do this in a way when I worked in the office, I actually lived five minutes away from my from my office. And uh, when I was Glasgow based, so the uh, where we stayed was fortunately, in some instances, very close to, to the office. However, what this would also mean was I would fall into the trap of literally rolling out of bed, throwing on whatever was was there, uh, rolling into work, you know, breakfast at, at the desk, first coffee at the desk. It wasn't altogether a uh, wonderful, seamless morning like I've described, but I think Honestly, this has given me an insight into how things have changed and how it doesn't have to be like that. I really was that person that would snooze until the very, very, very last minute, would really have such a panicky morning and would arrive at the desk not feeling altogether there. It would take half an hour, 45 minutes to actually wake up properly, never mind making good decisions between, between arriving and that point. So what I actually did at that, uh, that point was introduce a morning commute. So although the office was very close, I would go on a 25 minute, half an hour walk before getting there. And what that enabled me to do was one, it made sure that I was up. So I had extra time in the morning, but by the time I got to the office, super, super refreshed and ready to go. And does that mean getting up a little bit earlier? Yes, but did it make the day run more smoothly? 100%. So therefore, was it worth doing? Yeah, absolutely no brainer. So if you are working from home, I would, I would suggest, why don't you add in a morning commute so that you have the same experience? You're not rolling out of bed, pajama bottoms still on in front of the laptop, maybe the camera's off because you've not had time to do your makeup yet, all of those things. Why don't you introduce a morning commute? Not only do you get your steps up and got some fresh air, if you are, are lucky enough to have a furry friend, take them out for their first walk in the morning. And then by the time you get to work, quote unquote, get to work, you've, you've already been up. 
for, for much longer, you're ready to go and you're clear on the tasks in hand. I can almost guarantee do that for a week or two, your productivity is going to skyrocket. So if you're listening to this and you think, oh yeah, actually there are a number of those things that I could do to make my morning or improve the ease of my morning, get more out of my morning. Absolutely, go ahead. I know that the uh, the girls have been popping journal prompts into, into the Facebook group. I know that some people do have morning routines that include things like gratitude or maybe just spending a little bit of time on their own in the morning. It's something that I have done previously and really enjoyed. Your morning is yours. You can take more command of it and you can take more control if you choose to do so. It's just really being creative about what you want to get out of the morning and how you can feasibly make that work for you. So I'd love to know any changes that you make. So that's the morning before we get to work. We go through our working morning and we get to lunchtime. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that everyone now gets a full lunch hour. There's weird and wonderful ways to, to structure days now, aren't there? People work flexi time, so they take less lunch, so they get away earlier. Some people work at their desks, others do get a full lunch hour. Maybe you go for a walk at lunchtime, maybe you're to the gym, whatever it may be. With your midday break, shall we call it that, there are a couple of considerations. So nutrition, two things I think can happen when it comes to nutrition at lunchtime. And I don't always think that one of them is, is completely optimal, although I have fallen into this trap before. So I think we often think that in order to get the most out of our day, we must anchor ourselves to our desk, stare at our screen and not move for eight hours. I can guarantee that that will not be the most productive version of your day. It's absolutely false that that is going to get the most out of out of you. Your focus is limited. You're you're only human. We can only we have increasingly short attention spans. If anyone's not read uh, Johan Hari's Stolen Focus, read it and be terrified. Our attention span is limited for sure. Our focus is limited, and we only get a short time potentially in that lunch window. But I'd be making the most of it. If you can, I would be moving. Now, that could be absolutely anything. It could be going on a short walk. It could be simply getting some fresh air if your office has an outdoor space. It could be, you know, doing 50 air squats. It could be doing 50 push-ups in your living room. It could be getting a workout in. Whatever you do, I would suggest you move your body. From a physiological point of view, what you're doing is you're taking more oxygen into the body, increasing blood flow, and you're actually forcing more oxygen to circulate around the body. You're going to wake yourself up. So if you're someone who feels that they they don't, they can't concentrate for long periods of time, I would really suggest that you get outside the office, get a change of scenery, take that time away because you're actually going to come back renewed. I was going to say renewed, refreshed and ready to go. Um, Nutrition. There's a couple of things that I would consider when it comes to midday nutrition, but think about what you actually want that meal to do for you. You want that meal to fuel you for the afternoon, whether that be cognitively or physically. So irrespective if you're someone who, let's talk about it in a workout context. If you're someone who does their workout in the morning or someone who does their workout at lunch or in the evening, whichever one of those you may be, that lunchtime meal 
is really, really important. If you train in the morning, then it's helping in the post-workout recovery. Obviously, it's helping you if you're training in the in the lunchtime, in the lunchtime window. Whatever you eat after that is going to help in the recovery. And it's also setting you up should you be then leaving work and training in the in the evening. So that lunchtime meal, I'm going to argue, is potentially one of the most important meals that you have in the day. So pay attention to it. Don't just think, I'm going to, I've got these amazing fat loss goals. I'm just going to grab a soup and a roll from the, the canteen or the the shop underneath the office. No, that's not really going to cut it. When it comes to nutrition and optimizing you, if you can prep in advance, that is going to help. Not only can you track the exact intake of the meal that you're having, it's going to save you money. Literally think of how much, uh, you know, it is just to pop into Marks and Spencer's or Waitrose or wherever you grab your lunch. Like it, it, it racks up. I know it's what's the Tesco meal deal there? What do I get in a Tesco meal deal? Because I was going to get extra chicken as well. So it always ends up being more. So yeah, I would, uh, I'd prep in advance. One, because it gives you more control. It removes the issue of having to make a decision at lunchtime and saves you, saves you money. Um, if you need to go and get convenient options, which I know is inevitable, does happen, I would choose these in advance and actually do this with your coach. So if you're a client of ours, one of the things that we'll very often do with ladies is literally make a list of the, the closest lunchtime options to them, whether, you know, whatever shop it may be or, or cafe or whatever realistically they are going to utilize as a grab and go option. And what we do is we plan the best thing for them to have in advance. Because like I say, when you are, you know, you're maybe stressed, you've maybe had a horrible morning and you, someone's just shouted at you on the phone, you've had to sack someone, whatever it may be. If you are emotionally driven and then you're trying to make a decision around food, I can almost guarantee that it's not going to be in line with your goals. So you want to choose these in advance. And if you want my advice, I would make them on a list on your phone or have them in an email inbox that you can reference at any time. I used to take my lunch with me to work and it was Glasgow. So it was obviously rained 364 days of the year. But what I used to do was have my lunch in the office away from the desk but I would have, have my lunch away and then I would walk to the furthest supermarket I could in the in the time available at lunchtime just for a Diet Coke or some chewing gum sometimes. Something that was just involved a, a walk to uh, to go and do something. and uh, Or I'd run an errand, you know, nip to the post office or go and pick up X, Y, or Z. Usually try to make the most of, of lunch hours as much as possible. And what actually these two things, moving getting some fresh air and fueling yourself correctly allows you to do is focus in the afternoon. So very often, if you're not paying attention to your nutrition per se, you'll experience things like the 3 p.m. slump or you'll get a uh, a slump after after lunch. Have you ever done that where you've maybe gone for a slightly bigger lunch meal? We used to sometimes go for lunch as an office on a Friday and it was usually a little bit bigger than I would than I'd normally have. And it used to make me incredibly sleepy in the afternoon. Now, obviously, if you're trying to be productive, that's not what you want at all. So what we really want to do and the role we want that lunchtime to play is to get more oxygen in the system and to fuel you adequately. Make sure that you hydrate as much as possible, at least a litre of water in all seriousness. It'll keep you up and on your feet when you're going to the bathroom to pee in the afternoon. And I would also be mindful of caffeine intake. This is the last intake of caffeine I would have for the day during this lunchtime window, if I were you. 
Remember, caffeine has a half-life, which means it's going to stay in your system and you don't want it to disrupt sleep later on in the PM. So if you're going to have caffeine, I would have the last intake then. And let's talk about during your working day. How can you maximize your working day productivity? And one thing that I wanted to talk about productivity, and I understand that things come up in an office environment. It's very, very hard to keep yourself in a little bubble to just get on with what you want to get on with because the phone is ringing, the email is going, someone comes over with a problem, someone just comes over for a chat, like it's it's office culture. Um, it is very difficult and I will make no, no qualms about that. It is, it can be tricky to carve out and set boundaries when it comes to office work. However, from having done it myself, I know myself, I wasn't as productive as I could have been. I used to have email sitting in the background with the notifications turned on. Slack was always in just a little bubble in the corner and was always ping, 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 ping. There are things that you can do to streamline your day. And for me, I mean, if I could have shut myself away in an office in silence and just worked, I know I would have accelerated, I would have got more done in the day. However, that isn't always possible, particularly with open plan culture the way that it is. However, yeah, I do believe there are things that we can that we can do. I think it's about working harder and smarter, not for longer. So detaching from this idea of spending longer at work. Well, how can you spend less time at work but do more would be the question that I, I would ask. Can you create systems to work for you. Now, you may have your own office systems. You may have ways that you guys file and you have meetings at this time and that time and you know certain things that always happen. However, can you set mini systems within the systems that are going to serve you as an individual? You know, do you need to talk to colleagues about, you know, when you guys meet together and, and have discussion? Do you need to set clearer boundaries about when you address email? Do you have to limit time for certain tasks? If you've ever heard me run through the ABC principle about not writing to-do lists, but doing uh, prioritizing tasks rather than just by to-do lists, you, you'll know what I mean by that, by creating a set of priorities, not a never-ending list. My to-do lists always ended up longer by the end of the day than they were when they started, which is completely um, besides the point, isn't it? And one of the things I wanted to read actually was, this is a passage from uh, Cal Newport's Deep Work. I really enjoy this book a lot. And one of the things that resonated with me, and I can say this was exactly the type of work I used to do, and I wondered if this would be useful to anyone else. So very often we mistake busyness as a proxy for productivity. So here, in the absence of clear indicators of what it means to be productive and valuable in their jobs, Many knowledge workers turn back towards an industrial indicator of productivity, doing lots of stuff in a visible manner. This mindset provides another explanation for the popularity of many depth-destroying behaviours. If you send and answer emails at all hours, if you schedule and attend meetings constantly, if you weigh in on instant message systems like Hall within seconds within someone poses a new question, or if you roam your open office bouncing ideas of all whom you encounter. All of these behaviors make you seem busy in a public manner. 
If you're using busyness as a proxy for productivity, then these behaviors can seem crucial for convincing yourself and others that you're doing your job well. Really simply put, just because you're buzzing around like a busy bee does not mean at the root of it that you're being productive. And this really jumped out at me because I used to do this and I would do it. I would literally pick the tasks that meant I was moving more, talking more, sending X, Y, and Z, rather than sitting down and going into the crucial components of the day. And I just thought it was interesting. So if you want to maximize your day, maybe you are, or maybe you feel super busy, but not productive. I think that's key. Um, and the other thing I was going to say just for during the day, particularly in the afternoon and in terms of nutrition, to support productivity, productive productivity during the afternoon, don't graze. Um, something that a lot of people will do is have snacks and things, whether they be quote unquote healthy snacks or not, they'll have things sitting out on their desk. Now, grazing isn't necessarily going to support you and depending on the, the food source of choice, it's not necessarily going to support your concentration either. So by that, I mean, if you've got an open packet of, you know, a hyper palatable, high sugar food, you might think, okay, well, this is going to give me energy, but it might, but that's what goes up must come down. That blood sugar is going to rise super, super quickly, but it's also going to crash. So generally speaking, I would employ a no eating at the desk policy when it comes to, when it comes to work. I think that's a, a good rule to follow. Um, I found it worked quite well, uh, but I wouldn't graze necessarily, particularly wouldn't graze on high sugary, high sugary, high fat options. And getting up and moving is always going to going to help productivity during the day. If you're drinking a liter of water at lunchtime, then yeah, you will be getting up and going to the toilet. But equally, I used to set Fitbit, used to have this amazing feature on their watches whereby it buzzed every, you could set it to whatever time you wanted, but it would buzz every half an hour, 45 minutes, whenever it would be to encourage you to move. It would indicate that you'd been stationary for too long and it would encourage you to move, which I thought was a, a really nice little feature. One of the uh, features I do like on fitness trackers. So how to maximize your productivity during the day. And then the end of the day, how can you get the most out of the end of your working day? And I would strongly recommend, I still do this, um, setting a bit of a timer at the end of the day, set an alarm if you if you need to, literally an alarm with, uh, with 10 to 15 minutes to go that will allow you to round up anything that you need to on a given day and also set up the next day for success. So do everything when it's fresh in your head. If you've got 10, 15 minutes until you've told yourself that you're leaving work, then maybe you want to send that extra email just to make things easier for the next day. Maybe you want to write everything down that needs to be done for tomorrow while it's fresh in your head. I would write the next day's priority list so that it's there on your desk in front of you so you know exactly how you want to approach the next morning. And as I say, do everything when it's fresh in your head. I'd ask yourself if you're one of these people who I very much was, who just kept staying 10 minutes longer, 15 minutes longer, then it grew into 20 minutes, half an hour. Is the extra half an hour in the evening actually something that could be done in 10 minutes in the morning? Are you staying for high value tasks or are you staying to stay? 
Have you ever noticed that, that as you start to fatigue and as the day goes on, something that takes you a very long time in the evening is probably something that could be done in five to 10 minutes when you're fresh in the AM. I think it's worth considering that for sure. But definitely give yourself to round off the day to set up for the next. And then we go back into the end of day commute, don't we? And I like the idea of the end of day commute really setting you up for your evening. So it's bridging that gap between work and home, isn't it? And I think all of us want to be present at home. We want to be present around our loved ones. We want to rest when we get home. It's generally our time to, to connect, to take a little bit of time for ourselves, potentially. And this is where I would be becoming really strict about boundaries and what that transition between work and home life looks like. I think of the commute almost as if it's two bookends on the day. And one is to set yourself up for going into work and the other is to set yourself up for home life. And I would set up boundaries. I would become non-contactable to work if it's possible. Maybe you use that time for doing things like life admin. I'm imagining when, when I used to get the, the train home, it was like a 20, this was for another job. It was like a 20, 28 minute train journey. And I got a signal the whole time, which was great. I used to try and maximize that journey as much as possible. So you might be doing things like life admin, like messaging. I used to message family members because it was the time I was actually, I wasn't running around with work things. I would actually sit and be able to reply to messages or order the food shop or send, you know, gifts and cards and all that life admin that actually doing half an hour of that per day when you're sitting on a train anyway would save you so much time in the evening and potentially the weekend. So you're actually making yourself freer by by doing that. So I would use that as a time if you can to do any to do any life admin. And we we mentioned this but that's great if it's a train if you are working from home, I would put an end of day commute. I do that with the with the dog. We go for a an end of day walk, which is always really nice. I try and listen to something that's got absolutely nothing to do with, with work. It's just real enjoyment. And particularly in these summer months and going into, into the autumn. And it's a really, really enjoyable half hour, 45 minutes, boost your set count too. And then by the time you get home, it's then non-distracted present family time that is your time that is what we do this for isn't it it's time to connect it's time to you know maybe spend some time with your other half if it's if it's you at home it is your time to focus on you to do the things that you want to do now maybe that involves going to going to the gym maybe that involves doing things like that or it's time to relax we do we need to chill um and i think there is always a bit of a misconception that when it comes to the, the evening time that we'll just be able to run around in the evening and go into bed and that'll be that'll be it straight off to sleep I don't think that's the case I think the evening from start to finish in an ideal world should be about helping you wind down whether that be having a nice meal whether it be you know having a shower a bath 
if you say it's setting setting things up for the next day i i find that really quite relaxing actually to set things up for the for the next day it allows me to to kind of process and know that that's in place and tend to sleep a lot easier knowing that things are taken care of and helping future you out i think is a nice way to to round off the day but one thing that i do think trips us up is that we have a bit of a misconception that we can do things like go on our phone or watch netflix etc etc and then just turn that off and go straight to sleep uh, an example of this i used to put an extra work slot in in the evening between 8 and, and 9 p.m and the theory was that that was an extra hour of work that would be you know everyone else is kind of not really you know replying to messages or they're you know they're having their own chill time or i'd get you know some things done actually what ended up happening was by looking at a screen until that time at night it used to actually really affect my my sleep pattern and what was supposed to be an extra hour of productivity ended up taking away sleep that evening and therefore energy the next day and it actually wasn't wasn't worth it and by taking away that hour I've found I've gained more time the next day. It sounds completely converse, but it couldn't be more true. And I've gotten way more from it. Sleep quality is better. The wind down is better, more chilled. You're not dealing with things, you know, at the end of your day. And it's it's really worked. So when it comes to the evening, think about what you want to get out of that evening and how to best set yourself up for that. Give yourself time to wind down. Watch your screen time would be would be all I'd say. So what is the point of this really? And what is what has this got to do with fat loss or, or nutrition? I know I've touched on training and movement and uh, nutrition to an extent, but what on earth has this got to do with, uh, with long-term success? Well, for me, when it comes to creating a balanced lifestyle and when it comes to looking at health and not just the health of your body, but the health of your mind, one of the most fulfilling and I suppose the, one of the biggest things for me that brings someone purpose and drive is that feeling of accomplishment that we get as, as part of our lifestyle. If you can come home and think, I've had an incredibly productive day, you're content, you're happy. And that happiness bleeds into other areas of your life. If you're inspired by what you're doing, if you're motivated, if your energy is high, I can guarantee that you're going to show up well in your workouts. I can guarantee that you're going to train with more intensity. I can guarantee that that session is getting done, even if you're tired. If you're happy and content and driven, you'll want to better yourself and you'll want to continue working towards your goals. If you're feeling motivated at work, you'll come home full of energy. You'll want to share that with your other half or you'll want to be that energized parent that, that plays with their children in the evening. You'll be more patient. You'll have more tolerance because the rest of the day went really, really well. And for me, I don't think that we can talk exclusively about health without addressing mental health and without addressing mood. And if your mood is high, you'll show up for yourself, you'll show up well for everyone else, and you'll feel so much better for it. So yeah, I'll stop there before I go too far. But I think it's really, really important that if you're not taking command of your day, 
with the knowledge of the positive effect that that will have on your life, then something maybe needs to change. So I hope this has sparked some fresh ideas. I hope this has sparked some maybe tweaks, changes that you could make, or maybe it's flagged something up for you, something a little bit bigger. And maybe you're thinking, do you know what? I don't make the most of my mornings. I absolutely not don't do anything to help myself in, in the afternoon. Maybe I don't enjoy work, but I could enjoy it more if I had more energy and if I had more drive. Uh, so I hope this has really helped. As ever, if you've got any questions specifically uh, specific to you and your journey, I would love to, I'd love to answer them. I'd love to hear from you. Um, as I said, Instagram is probably the best place to find me at coaching.withcaroline or email caroline at coachingwithcaroline.co.uk. Clients of mine, if you've gotten this far into the podcast and this has been valuable, do me a favor, share it with someone who you think would benefit or someone who you'd love to share your CWC experience with. Maybe they've asked you recently how you've gotten the amazing results that you have. Maybe they've said, oh my goodness, you look fantastic. What are you doing? Send them this as a bit of a background to, to what we do. And if you have enjoyed it and you want to share on social media, I would greatly appreciate it. It's the only way that we can grow our little platform and help more clients achieve their their goals so uh this has been a really i enjoy talking about this a lot can you tell uh have a wonderful wonderful rest of your week and we will catch up next week